the Truth News Network. It is your circus. They are your monkeys. How are you going to manage the rings? A little help, a little vision, a little wisdom that comes from truth. TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. Monkeys? Ah, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. In today's world, that sounds just a little bit like racism. Monkeys, oh my gosh. You can't do that on this show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live Tuesday edition of the Insanity from Washington, D.C. <laughs> and we're going to dive right into that. Remember Tuesday, Steve Baker, investigative journalist, investigative photographer, He's all over Washington, D.C., pretty much everything coming out of D.C. He joins us in our second hour, top of the second hour, on Tuesday. He will be here today. But guess what? There is a massive amount of news coming out of Washington, D.C. that has to do with the January 6th committee and some of their improprieties. Steve is going to be here right after this song to tease what is coming up for our second hour. So what does that mean? That means you can just sit back or go refill that coffee cup. Steve Baker, right after this at TNN Live. God of creation. There at the start, before the beginning of time With no point of reference You spoke to the dark and flushed out the wonder of light
a song but don't recognize the artist. That's Becca Shea, probably one of the best uh, singers in the Christian world, probably also the best unknown singer in Christian music anyway. Thought that would be a good way to start the show here today. And remember now, folks, I'm coming off 10 days in Israel. Many of you joined us there live on the show. Um, Let's do something right now. Steve Baker always joins us in the second hour of our show, but there is big news that's going on, and I want to get Steve right in the middle of this big news. Good morning. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? Uh, boy, you've got that morning. Hey, I'm I'm speaking through gravel voice. <laughs> I I didn't sleep last night, man. Are you kidding? Why? <laughs> Well, two reasons. I uh, I got home from watching the Jesus Revolution movie. What did you think? Had the What'd Tucker, you think? What'd you what, think? What did I think about the movie? Yeah. I think it's the best overtly Christian movie ever made, period. End of story. There you go. Well, it's and, in our city. Yeah. It just came to our city, your former home, Shreveport. I encourage everybody from Shreveport to take a look at it. But the big news that kept you up all night from D.C. was, of course, Tucker Carlson with the exclusive release of how how much footage from J six how many uh, how many uh, was it do you do that in feet you're a video guy <laughs> you know they they claim that originally we heard for two years that there was fourteen thousand hours of unreleased footage and then we heard that there was forty one and then somebody said forty two and then now now they're saying forty four thousand. 
Um, I, I think there's, that there's actually even more than that, but that's, uh, another detail we can get into later on. But, um, there was, there was, uh, I, I was, I, I was very proud of Tucker last night. I, I don't, uh, uh, I don't think that they showed the best yet. I'm not sure if they even, uh, led with their, you know, with their, uh, uh, their best stuff because I've seen better, uh, in my position working with some of the attorneys. But there's so many stories that I can't wait to get in to talk with you about on the next hour related to this because, well, I mean, maybe the maybe the biggest tease we can give them for uh, 11 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Central is that uh, the story that Tucker is covering tonight that he promoted so hard in his program last night is the story that yours truly uh, gave his producers here a couple of weeks ago when hey, he called me. So man, what should, you know what? What should we be looking at? So that's the story tonight. You know what, Steve, that's the best tease of an upcoming story I've ever heard. It's like you're you're a, you're a videographer, but you're also uh, a radio guy. Pretty darn good one, too. So you're going to be here, top of the hour, second hour of our show, every Tuesday. And this is your day, my friend. I cannot wait. Folks, if you know people that are still up in the air about what was happening on January 6th, Steve Baker will be here at the top of the show, and he's going to give you some inside information. He was there that day, but even more important, he was in the courtroom for weeks and weeks and weeks watching and listening to the evidence, the so-called evidence, that convicted already some of these January 6 people. So the truth is coming out. Truth News Network. I kind of like that. Steve Baker will be here at the top of the 10 o'clock hour with much more. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Thank you for coming here for the top of the hour. Now go back to sleep. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. Well, in preparation for Steve Baker at the top of the hour, we're going to kind of cheat a little bit, and it is a blockbuster story. It really is. During the Tucker Carlson Tonight Show last night, Tucker aired, and of course he discussed some of the footage from the Capitol on January 6th. One portion of the footage from the Capitol that he discussed touched on the timing of and the cause of U.S. Capitol Police Officer Officer Brian Sicknick. That's the guy that for months, everybody on the left claimed that those people, those evil MAGA people, They killed Officer Sicknick. Well, as you might imagine, in Washington, things are not always as they are portrayed to us. Here's Tucker going into some of that himself, the audio portion. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, 
They controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. They're going to make that the story. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. 
shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, hey, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would he have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened. But it did. That, my friends, is just one little snippet of the video that has come out. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave all that video to Tucker Carlson. You didn't see any of it in the January 6th committee hearings. Oh, you saw some of it, but what you saw wasn't the raw video. It was very strategically edited. Why would anybody do that? (laughs) Come on now. You tell me why they did that, they being the Democrats that ran that charade. They wanted to do anything and everything they could to denigrate not only Donald Trump, but to denigrate any and all of his followers. I know people personally that were there that were scared to death about what was going to happen afterwards. In fact, two of them came on our show a couple of days later. I won't give you their names. If you were here, you heard it. And if you want to hear what they had to say about it, you can go back and get that show from January of 2020. People were afraid because they saw what potential there was for conservatives to be attacked by the media and by Democrats going forward. Sure enough, that's what's happened, still happening. You're going to hear more about it, more factual news and information coming from the guy who was on the scene. You heard him at the top of this hour, Steve. Steve will be back with us, top of the second hour. Meanwhile, we've got some more news coming out of D.C., and it has to do with the big guy and Hunter. Hmm, what could that possibly be? Sit tight. A divorce lawyer should be more than just a lawyer. Divorce is like no other experience, especially for guys. At Cordell and Cordell, our clients want a partner standing next to them. Someone they can trust. Someone who understands where they are and how to get them out. We are the attorneys of Cordell and Cordell. We are advisors and advocates for men before, during, and after divorce. We are Cordell and Cordell. A partner men can count on. To schedule your appointment, give us a call or visit us online at CordellCordell.com. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. 
Dow. Oh, are we at the gas station? Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. <laughs> Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. In a world where a president can be censored by social media in his own country, you need a break from the madness. Your doctor of sanity again, Dan Newman. Man, I like that song playing behind Pete Moss there. That's a great song. Anyway, you know, there's not just insanity going on up there. Our government trying to suppress real information, things that are factual, while investigating people guilty of crimes that they didn't commit. Oh, yeah. Going into the Capitol, it is against the law. And there is a punishment for it. And it's not what is going on now. You're going to hear more about that at the top of the next hour. Steve Baker joins us. In the meantime, yep, there's a bunch more other stuff going on up in D.C. That investigation of Hunter Biden by the House Committee. Now, that has supposedly been going on for years now by the FBI. You don't hear anything about it. When they are asked when they're under oath before committees in Congress, members of the FBI teams, they say, we can't talk about an ongoing investigation. But what we have watched play out is this White House now has put itself in the middle of the investigation of Hunter Biden for his wrongdoing. I got to be honest with you. I knew it was just a matter of a time. The president cannot let his son be investigated and tried for anything. Remember, Joe Biden is a very, very in-depth family man. He lost his older son to cancer, and now he's looking at his younger son, Hunter Biden, who's got a, I mean, a potpourri of wrongdoing in his rearview mirror. We all know about that. But it's not just the drug problems that he had that are in deep, deep doo-doo for Hunter Biden. He's messed up, folks. And it looks like he's going to pay a price for it. But the big question is the president, was he involved in any of Hunter's wrongdoing overseas and even domestically when Joe Biden was in the vice president position under Obama And then between that and his run for the presidency. Here's the latest out of the White House story. A.G. Merrick Garland, uh, front and center on Capitol Hill yesterday, facing accusations that he is politicizing the Justice Department. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley says 12 sources have come forward to accuse Hunter Biden of criminal conduct. He questioned Garland about the independence of this investigation into the first son. Watch. 
The alleged volume and similarity of the information would demand that the Justice Department investigate the truth and accuracy of the information. I promised to leave the matter of Hunter Biden in the hands of the U.S. Attorney uh, for the District of Delaware, who was appointed uh, in the previous administration. Joining me right now is Kentucky Congressman, Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer. Mr. Chairman, it's always a pleasure. Thanks very much for being here this morning. What's your reaction to Garland's testimony? He says he's trying to stay out of it. That's his answer for uh, the accusations that he's politicized this uh, department. Well, it looks to me like he's right in the middle of it. Right. Uh, by the fact that he continues to say he's staying out of it, that could be sent uh, interpreted as a code word for don't touch this, it's too hot. I mean, any American who has a fraction of the violations of the law that Hunter Biden has would have already been indicted at the very least by now. So uh, this is another example of a two-tier system of justice in America. If you're politically connected to uh, elected officials at the highest level, then you're going to get by. If, if you're not, then you're probably going to be sitting and rotting in a jail cell somewhere. And that's exactly what happened with uh, Hillary Clinton as well, right? I mean, you that's know, right. she had all of these emails, a server in her basement, and she, what, there was no uh, accountability there. She came up with a fantastic lie about her political enemy that Trump colluded with Russia. It went viral across the world. And again, who's been held accountable? Yeah, I mean, the more evidence that comes out, the more explaining the Department of Justice is going to have to do. And when they get an opportunity to explain themselves, they play dumb. They try to assume that everyone in America is unintelligent and isn't paying attention. And I don't think that's the case. I think the more evidence that comes out on things like the Biden family influence peddling, I think the more the average American is going to say, we've got a Department of Justice uh, that is not fair and that needs to be be replaced. So I think this is going to be a huge issue moving forward. Uh, I applaud the senators for trying to get the truth out of Merrick Garland, but, uh, you know, that's an uphill battle. So we've got more evidence, apparently, this morning. The Washington Free Beacon reporting an alleged Hunter Biden whistleblower says that the DOJ is burying him after he came forward with damning information about the Bidens. Israeli think tank executive Gal Luft uh, worked with Hunter as an advisor to the Chinese energy conglomerate. He tweeted this. I've been arrested in Cyprus on a po politically motivated extradition request by the United States. The U.S. is claiming I'm an arms dealer. The DOJ is trying to bury me to protect Joe, Jim and Hunter Biden. Shall I name names? He tweeted out. Congressman, what do you know about this? Well, we're reaching out to him. We're trying to communicate. We're setting up a call. Uh, this is something that we take very seriously. We had already identified this individual. Uh, we had uh, hoped to have talked to him by now, but for whatever reason, we were unable to. I think this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, I'll tell you this, Maria. We've had three people that were involved in the Hunter Biden shady business schemes uh, that have communicated with uh, my committee staff this week. I think that's a sign of good things to come. I think we're going in a positive direction. And I think that people see the heavy handedness of the Bidens. Either you're getting picked up by the DOJ or you're getting a letter from Hunter Biden's personal attorney trying to 
intimidate you into not coming in and talking to us. So I think these people that uh, have been involved with Hunter Biden, they've all ended up on the losing side of it. They've all lost money. They were all left out to dry. I think they want to tell their story and we're going to give them the opportunity to tell their story, even though the DOJ and the, the White House are fighting us at every step of the way. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable that the FBI had the Biden laptop since October 2019. We, we know everything that's on that laptop and there's been nothing, no indictment. Uh, Congressman, I want to know what you've learned since you started digging in here, because there's a question as to whether or not Hunter Biden is influence peddling right now in your face. His art dealer is refusing to cooperate with your investigation. The art dealer says it's ethical arrangements with the White House and a recent Supreme Court decision prevents him from providing you information. So what information do you want and where does that investigation stand? I don't think there's anything the Supreme Court's done to prevent him from working with us. It's clearly the White House. Uh, we heard this from the uh, special count for the general counsel for the National Archives, who's trying to give us information about the mishandling of classified documents that Joe Biden had. He basically said uh, the White House and the DOJ were preventing him from communicating with us. The art dealer saying the White House is preventing him from communicating with us. Uh, all the witnesses that were involved in the Biden shady family, family business schemes with our adversaries around the world are getting letters from the Biden lawyers, uh, you know, basically telling them they don't need to cooperate with us. This is a this is an effort to try to block any meaningful investigation. And not only that, Maria, the White House every day comes and attacks me for having the nerve to try to get answers for the American people. So what are you going to do about it? We knew that you were going to get stonewalled and you are. Will you be able to complete this investigation? Yes, we will. We've got people coming forward. Uh, I think they're, I think it's backfiring. I think the heavy-handedness of the White House is backfiring. I think these people are upset, and I think we're going to get those bank records very soon. So I'm very optimistic about the direction we're heading with this investigation. Yeah, I mean, there's the 150 suspicious activity reports that you've been asking, but I want to know, why all the lies out of this administration? I mean, let, let's take COVID. I mean, this is an issue that we should all agree on. We want to get to the bottom of how COVID originated. Both the Department of Energy and the FBI have now said COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan lab. But the White House is saying that, you know, there's no conclusive evidence. They're pushing back on the assessment, saying that they won't go there yet, Congressman. Why not? Yeah. I, I don't know. And the White House is still the only entity in the world that's trying to imply that the Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. Everyone knows, and we saw that from our Twitter hearings, that the laptop is legitimate. It hasn't been compromised. We all know that the COVID originated in the Wuhan lab. This White House has, has spread a narrative that has been false for so long, I think they're starting to believe it. Uh, but we're going to get answers for the American people. I don't think the Department of Energy would have ever come out and admitted that COVID originated in in the lab had we not sent out letters to 40 individuals within our federal government that had inside knowledge of what was going on in that lab in Wuhan. We were bringing them in to talk to us. So I think the more we pressure people, the more the truth's going to come out. So I'm very optimistic about the direction of our investigation. So, I mean, this is so extraordinary. Do you think Joe Biden is protecting China because of all of the money his family has taken in? 
That's a great question. That's the whole purpose of our investigation. It sure looks like it, Maria, but we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He has the opportunity to explain himself to us at any point, but all they do is attack me every day from the White House uh, press secretary's box. Well, it means you're doing important work. Congressman, we're going to be watching your work. Thanks very much for your leadership. We'll keep checking back with you to see uh, if you continue to get stonewalled, Congressman. Thank you. Maria Bartiromo. First of all, let me just say, I've got several things I'm going to comment about here. Maria Bartiromo, she is, she's an attack dog. She goes after information and stuff. But i got to be honest with you. And I don't want to sound mean or anything like that, not putting her down. But her voice is kind of screechy. And I sit here for at least two hours every day with headphones on. And i got bad hearing anyway. But her voice just pierces any of that. Now, what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? Absolutely nothing. But it bugs me. I want to get that information from her. I wanted to get that audio that you just heard. I wanted you to hear it. It was stock full of information, good information. But let me say this. I want to back up in this investigation stuff, just maybe 20 or 30 steps. They are going absolutely nuts in the House of Representatives now. These committees are investigating so many different things, so much wrongdoing. Here's what I, along with probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans, when we hear all this, here's what we're saying. So, if they find wrongdoing, are the wrongdoers going to be held accountable? Quit talking about, oh, we're going to do this, or we're going to go get this, or we're going to prove this. Give us facts, factual information. Oh, we're, we're, we can't talk about investigations that are underway. It would probably mess around with our investigations and maybe mess up the hearings that we're going to have. I'm tired of that. And I'm just one American, but I think I speak for many Americans when I say, give us facts. I know these men and women in the House of Representatives. They don't control the investigations. You do realize it doesn't matter what information they find, what evidence they find. Who's going to hold the wrongdoers accountable by law? The Department of Justice. Do you think with Joe Biden in the White House and Hunter Biden in deep, deep trouble, no question about it, his wrongdoing is going to surface? Do you honestly think that if we found out that Joe Biden's beach homes were bought by Chinese money, even if that is proven beyond a reasonable doubt, do you think anything's going to happen to Hunter Biden, do you think anything's going to happen to Joe Biden if it comes out? Heck no. Forget about the political Democrat and Republican narratives in all this. That's not going to matter when it comes down to it. When the rubber meets the road, who controls our government from top to bottom? Forget just for a minute that the House has GOP control right now. That's just a little bitty tidbit. They can't do anything to hold anybody accountable. They keep telling us, oh, we control the money. 
You know, we can go after the money and cut their money. What if they did that would happen? Democrats would get up on the high horse of mainstream media and they would begin to trumpet, look what those Republicans are doing to us. They're, they are threatening Social Security and Medicare. Look, they won't give us the money that we need to pay our debt. They want us to go out of business. They want us to fail, the government to fail, because they can't get their way. That will just be one of the myriads of stories that you're going to hear if the Republicans do that. They continue to blame Republicans and call Republicans uh, attack attackers of democracy when what the left is doing is exactly what they're accusing Republicans of doing. They are attacking democracy. They want big government. They want control of everything. They want to take away our rights to choose who is going to be elected and run for us and represented. They want total control, which is the diminishing, if not the destruction, of democracy. And I'm going off on maybe a tangent or two. Some of you may disagree with me. Early this morning, I had a telephone conversation with a guy who was very instrumental in a, a, an era in my younger life in radio. He was my boss. I won't mention his name. But when I talked to him, I probably talked to him for 20 or 30 minutes. We don't talk, but maybe once every year or two. And uh, he is in his motor coach on the beach in the Florida Keys and has been there for some time. Now, here's a guy that's done a lot in his life. And by the way, he is not a conservative. He's anything but a conservative. But he's somebody that can look at both sides of the road and understand what's going on on both sides of the road and just not go crazy. If we as Americans continue to push and push and push and we get no results, what's the next step? What are we going to do? Do you realize January 6, 2020 was three years ago? We haven't gotten anything done about the reality, the truthfulness of what happened that day in three years. Why is that? They control the government. They have the ability to suppress anything. And certainly if it doesn't get suppressed and it just happens to fall out into the public purview and there are all of these wrongdoers that did these egregious illegal things, what's going to happen to them? I, like you, hope and pray that everybody that is guilty of any of this stuff is held accountable, but I don't have a lot of confidence that's going to happen. Please, please, somebody in Washington, D.C., Congressman Mike Johnson, my my congressman, if you're listening today, we haven't had you in a while. I need to get you back on. But if you're listening today, give us some hope for accountability. And I don't care if it's a Republican. I don't care if it's a somebody farther right than the GOP. I don't care. If we are in the midst of criminal wrongdoing at any level, let's get it taken care of. Little bitty things keep popping up. 
There was one person that was literally murdered on January 6th. Ashley Babbitt. You remember that name? Military vet from San Diego. She was there going to see the rally, and she ended up, because of the crowd going into the Capitol, she ended up in there with them, and she was shot by a Capitol officer from behind her. Didn't shoot her in the back, shot her on the left side of her neck and severed an artery, and she bled out on the floor of the Capitol. She died from a murder. That is according to officials in Washington, D.C. Her official cause of death was homicide. They knew who shot her. She didn't have a gun. She wasn't harming anybody. She wasn't threatening anybody. That officer wasn't even investigated. Why is that? I think we all know why. But has anything happened to him? No, he's still in the force. But yet we have hundreds of Americans that actually were invited into the Capitol, and they just went in peacefully. If I was in Washington, D.C., I've been there numerous times, but I've never been in the Capitol. And if I was going to be there for a rally and the opportunity came up, i got to be honest with you, I would have walked into the Capitol. Now, when I saw there were crazies in there that were doing horrible things, I would have gotten out because I'm not stupid. Things just aren't going the way they are portrayed to us by the left. And regardless of what you think and I think, the left do control mainstream media. Elon Musk. (laughs) I really like Elon Musk. He's out there. And he's in a position where he is neither. He's not Republican. He's not Democrat. i got to be honest with you. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. But anyway, Elon's out there. And he's a pretty intelligent guy. He's a guy that's really pretty much on the front of everything going on. He's got billions of dollars invested in all of it. I guess he has the right and the obligation to do that. Yesterday... Elon said that some of the members of that special House committee investigation, you know, the January 6th committee, he said some of those people were deeply wrong legally and morally. He said besides misleading the public, they withheld evidence, and they did it for partisan political purposes that sent people to prison for far more serious crimes than they committed. And, I mean, he just went right to, the, right to the throat. He said that is deeply wrong legally and morally. Now, we live in the United States of America. We have a democratic process here. Why are these people in jail? Why were people that if they were conv- convicted of the crimes that happened on January 6th, they were arrested and charged with. Most of them were misdemeanors. Why would people sit in jail, many of, for a year or longer? That is deeply wrong legally 
and morally. Elon Musk. His post came in response to State Freedom Caucus Network Communication Director Greg Price. He tweeted that Democrat Adam Schiff and former Republicans Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who were on the committee, are liars, Elon says, for claims after the riot. Truth. Where is truth in Washington, D.C.? And I mean, Elon Musk, billionaire, he's asking the same questions that we're asking down here in Louisiana. And even with his billions, he uh, he can't get answers either. Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker, Republican from California, he has really jumped into being the House Speaker in a desperate push to try to get the Congress straightened out from what it was when he took over. And he's showing that he can play offense. And he's going against, in his offensive drives, against some vulnerable Senate Democrats. And he's forcing them to take these tough votes. And these tough votes they're having to vote on, it's changing the outcomes of legislation. And that's what it's supposed to do. He's driving a wedge between red state Democrats who are up for re-election and are part of the party's base. He's trying to uh, separate them. McCarthy put in a difficult position last week. He did it to them by forcing them to vote on a Republican-sponsored resolution blocking a Biden administration rule that encourages retirement managers to consider when they're doing investments for people's retirement funds, to consider environmental, social, and corporate governance. Now, if you've heard that term ESG, oh, it's a hot cake right now. It stands for environmental, E, social, S, and corporate governance. Factors of those things when they make their investment decisions. No longer making investments of your retirement money when you earn a IRA, simple IRA, or 401k. The guys that make the decisions of where that money is invested now, they're not just thinking about where can I put the money for my client where it's going to make the best money and be safe when they retire. you got to consider and factor in environment, social, and corporate governance issues. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Senate Democrats are going to take another politically charged vote tomorrow on a House-passed resolution to block a new D.C. crime bill that would lower penalties for carjackings, burglaries, and robberies, which is another insane thing, accountability. It's not in this administration, and it's certainly not among Democrats in Congress. This vote prompted Biden talking to those anxious Senate Democrats at a meeting last week that he's going to buck his own statement of administration policy and sign that resolution, giving them political cover to vote for it and to dodge Republican accusations of being soft on crime. Once again, a demonstration of no substance and only the way it appears. Appearance over substance. But it's still a tough vote for Democrats who are up for re-election, who support D.C. home rule, 
and, by the way, D.C. statehood, people like Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia, who told reporters last week that he was undecided on what he called a complicated issue. We don't hear about stuff like this, and this is important, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but this just illustrates how politics in D.C. works. You and me, when they're considering how to vote for pretty much every issue out there, what our concerns are and what's best for us are way, 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 way down on the totem pole. What matters, number one, how will it impact me politically if, if and when I'm going to run for re-election? You know, the Democrats, they're thinking, ah, Republicans are going to put this in their pocket and use it as a weapon against me, so I've got to stay in the middle as long as I can. That's the way politics work. A political action committee that's affiliated with Mitch McConnell quickly pounced on Tim Kaine's uncertainty. And this happens every time, both sides of the aisle. McConnell said thousands upon thousands of Virginians work in Washington, D.C. every day. But Tim Kaine, that evil senator Democrat, doesn't take keeping them safe seriously. McConnell said Kane refused to give a straight answer when asked if he'd support Republican legislation that would reverse dangerous changes D.C. made in its criminal code. That's how they play the game. They throw rocks at each other. And they tell stories. Oh, did you hear what old Bubba said over there about about the, the sheriff? He thought the sheriff was not doing the job and he needs to be replaced. I mean, that's just an example. Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican of Alabama, he said McCarthy is helping Senate Republicans put Senate Democrats on the defensive, which could help them win back the majority next year, given this favorable electoral map now for Democrats. The House has got off to a great start. This is Tubb. Tubby's saying that. They're doing their job. They're helping us. It's calling people out. The ESG bill last week, this week the crime bill here in D.C., it's obviously good votes for us. I would go insane if I had to play the political game every day, every decision I made. I couldn't just make it based upon its merits a piece of legislation. It's not just about what's best for my constituents. It's what's it going to look like in politics? Is it going to give me a bad name? Is it going to hurt me when I run for re-election? Is it going to impact all my campaign dollars that I can collect from these major corporations and big donors? None of that should even weigh in the decisions that they make. But it does. In fact, it's the number one thing. The number one thing in every decision they make. Not you. Not me. Not the truth. Not what's best for Americans they represent. But what's best for them. And how's it going to impact my re-election bid next year? Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. 
What happens when a young singer gets to cut a track with an R&B star? Yo! Or a young activist gets to chop it up with their hero? Oh, snap! You get McDonald's Black and Positively Golden Mentors, the series elevating the next generation of changemakers. Each episode, a must-see passing of the torch between the culture leaders of today and the young leaders of tomorrow. Check out Black and Positively Golden Mentors on Instagram at We Are Golden. Look out, world. We got it from here. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold, Staples Wall of Ink. Just wow. A huge selection of ink and toner guaranteed in stock. Hello, awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and ship it to you free. Pinch me. I said pinch. I heard you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in-stock guarantee. Staples, make more happen. New home ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates. Now at homedepot.com slash workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Enrique Santos for Taco Bell. The toasted cheddar chalupa from Taco Bell is back, and I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing. Did they really toast six-month-old aged cheddar right onto a delicious flaky chalupa shell again? Yes, they did, but now it's even tastier. It comes with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink, all in a $5 box. That's right, all that for just a little cheddar. But don't forget, it's back for a limited time. The $5 toasted cheddar chalupa box, only at Taco Bell. If you weren't with us, the top of the show, Steve Baker came on and got a little tease out there for you considering what we're going to talk about, he and I, at the top of the hour coming up in about seven or eight minutes. And it has to do with the truth about the January 6th debacle. And it certainly is, and it was, a debacle. And it's still got a life of its own. And guess what? We find out every day now with the help of Tucker Carlson's video that was turned over to him, hundreds of hours, if not thousands of hours, of video taken on January 6th. And Steve Baker happened to be one of the photojournalists that was there, and much of his video has been seen on network television and television stations and networks around the globe. In fact, that put him right in the middle of the bullseye for the FBI. They haven't arrested him yet. But his attorney, Steve's attorney, has been in conversation with the FBI. So I'm glad he uh, was able to talk to us this morning. Every Tuesday, I think, is this is the day. Is this the day when they drag Steve off <laughs> to jail and uh, indict him and take him to jail? I just pray. I pray every day. God protects Steve. He was just doing his job there. And by the way, it was a tough go. And he was in the Capitol. He's one of those that went in, got a lot of video in there. Uh, we've seen some of it and used some of it here on our show. But you know what? This, what we do here, this is not, the content of what we bring is not fun. My wife will tell you, I spend, for every hour I spend on this show, 
and working on our website, truthnewsnet.org, with stories. For every hour I do that, it takes another hour to recover from it, and I'm not griping. I feel like this is a purpose and a cause. I know Steve Baker feels the same way. Most people that do what we're doing here feel that way. It's a cause. We're trying to save the nation. We're trying to help people understand what facts are and how important in our lives facts are. And we're living in a world right now where you can rename a chocolate candy bar and the rename, and it's really not a rename of it. It includes the same verbiage as was there before, but it's changed because of you got to be politically correct. You got to be woke. And I'm talking about Hershey, Hershey candy in Pennsylvania, Hershey, Pennsylvania, the candy bar, Hershey, you got it, Hershey. That is now a big deal. Hershey came out and they went woke. Oh, we got a way to get those wokesters to support us and be out there. So that is what they're doing. It's insane. Life in America has totally changed. My friend Gary that's in his RV down in Florida, I'm very, very jealous about that right now. And I can tell you, he's not listening to this show, I bet. And a lot of people don't listen to this show. And I understand People live, and we live, in a world where if you don't talk about it, it's like it doesn't exist. Just kind of hide it somewhere. Bury it. Somebody who doesn't do that, bury anything, is Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. He's one of my heroes. He really is. And he went nose-to-nose with our feckless Attorney General Merrick Garland. In fact, Hawley, in what you're about to hear, he got after the Attorney General, for lying. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Attorney General Garland, you said in our last exchange that it's your practice to defer to FBI agents in the field when it comes to investigations, apprehensions of subjects. Um, I was interested, given your answer, to read in this morning's Washington Post that the FBI is saying that you overruled them when it came to raiding ex-President Trump's personal residence. Washington Post reports this morning showdown before the raid that senior FBI officials who would be in charge of leading the search resisted doing so as too combative and proposed instead to seek Trump's permission to search his property. These field agents wanted to shutter the criminal investigation altogether in early June, the Post reports, but they were overruled by Maine DOJ. So I guess in light of your earlier testimony just this morning, my question is, how often do you overrule FBI field agents for political purposes? I've skimmed that article. It is not. That's not an accurate reflection of what the article says, and I'm not able to comment on the investigation. Um, my comment earlier was about tactics uh, on the ground in particular cases. Wait, 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 wait. You said it's not an I'm, – I'm reading to you from the article. Quote, Senior FBI officials who would be in charge of leading the search resisted the plan as too combative and proposed instead to seek Trump's permission to seek his property, according to four people who spoke on condition of anonymity to describe a sensitive investigation, end quote. Again, I have to say I'm not able to uh, uh, describe the investigation. I will say as a 
general ma matter and a, at a high level of, uh, of generality that in my experience, long experience as a prosecutor, there is often a robust discussion and in the end, and it's encouraged among investigators and prosecutors. Attorney General, my time is very... Is made. My, yes, and you made the decision. I did. That's right. Not, you said you did. No, I'm sorry. What I said was I approved the decision. So you didn't make the decision I to rape? I approved the decision to seek a search warrant after probable cause was Overruling filed. the FBI agents who did not want to do so. Did you talk about this with the White House The memorandum you? does not, that, that um, uh, Washington Post article does not say what you're saying. I'm sorry. And I'm not able to describe this in any further well, detail. Well, I, th I think given that, Mr. Chairman, I'll just ask that this entire article be entered into the record. Without objection. And we can read for ourselves. I invite people to go and look. It says exactly that FBI field agents did not want to conduct the raid, and they were overruled by DOJ. So it doesn't seem to me, Attorney General, that the FBI has a lot of confidence in you because what they're doing clearly is trying to distance themselves from your decisions. They're out there leaking left, right, and center and saying it wasn't us. We didn't want to do it. He made us do it. What's that say about their confidence in your leadership? No, the previous senator said that they're leaking all in favor of the left. Now you're saying they're leaking all in favor of I'm the right. I'm asking you I my question. Answer my question based on this evidence. Don't dissemble, Attorney Time General. Time has expired. Answer my question. Time has expired, Senator. Answer my question. Answer my question. <laughs> Good luck with getting any answers from anybody substantive on the left. It's up. Uh, I, 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 I can't even think of a good name to call what we're a, a circus, a charade, but boy, we're living in the middle of it and right in the middle of it, not in DC right now in North Carolina. Here's our good friend, investigative journalist, investigative uh, photographer, Steve Baker. Hey buddy, welcome back. Good morning again, Dan. <laughs> Is uh, my voice waking up finally? Uh, yeah, you sound a little more. Uh, you're not. You're not as robust as you were earlier in the, right. In the, uh, you keep late hours, and I know that Steve's a professional musician, and uh, he's doing kind of what we do here. Uh, we do things that we enjoy on the side, like this work. Anyway, Steve, um, I'm going to just jump right into the January sixth stuff. For, I guess, about a year, you've come on at the top of our second hour on Tuesday and talked about principally the January 6th stuff. And this bombshell of video that was turned over to Fox News' Tucker Carlson and his investigative team by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, that very act, I mean, it put crazy people. It gave them new life to go out and scream and holler and as we expected, we knew it was going to eventually be put into the public purview. And that happened last night with Tucker Carlson. Give me your thoughts as this process of unveiling these videos to the American people as it has begun. Dan, as I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, I, I still am in disagreement with uh, Speaker McCarthy exclusively granting the right uh, of access to this video to only one source. In fact, I think that this should have been put up on a public server and that thousands and thousands, if not millions of Americans should have had the ability to start sifting through it uh, at, at their will. Uh, that, that 
video is paid for by the American public. Uh, it is video of uh, the property that is paid for by the American public through its taxes. And there is absolutely contrary to the assertions made by certain individuals in the Capitol, there is nothing to be concerned about related to quote unquote national security. The mainstream press has had a coalition for two years now that has actively managed to get the, the release of a lot of the video that they've used. In fact, my own videos have been used in the HBO documentary, New York Times documentary, Epic Times documentary, and included in those documentaries, other than the little small segments of my videos that they've used, were, were you know, uh, an unbelievable amount of closed circuit television from the Capitol. Well, they didn't acquire that without permission of the Capitol Police and the powers therein. And so the point being is, is all of the major egress points, all of the quote unquote escape routes, all of the sensitive areas of the Capitol can be seen, Dan, by just, you know, a Google search. This is not an unknown building. <laughs> there are thousands and thousands of maps online you can get and acquire of the Capitol. Now, we don't know what's going on down in the tunnels necessarily because there are secret uh, passages down there. And those don't have closed circuit television cameras on them anyway. So it doesn't matter what was happening down there and it doesn't matter. And sure, absolutely. The, the Congress members in the event of an emergency need an escape plan and an escape route and Al Qaeda and ISIS, um, the, the three percenters or Antifa, none of them need to know where those escape routes are or anyone, any other narrative wells for that matter. But the point being is, is that this continued line that there's some sort of a security risk to releasing all this video is absolutely wrong. So I believe that it should have been released to the entire American public. But that said, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I also don't fault Tucker for being the kingpin that he is right now. He is the biggest and has the largest bullhorn on the right at the moment. And it makes sense that if McCarthy is going to do that, well, then Tucker's the guy. And God bless him for being in the catbird seat at the time that this was made available. And he's able to take advantage of it. I think the thing about it going to Tucker Carlson, and by the way, I got to tell you, I disagree with that. And I told you that a couple of weeks ago. I, I was told mm -hmm. why it went to Tucker Carlson, and it basically went there to ensure that it got out unedited so that the American people could see the real version. Now, in the trials that you sat in, you saw some of that same video that are, are depicted on this show with Tucker, the one last night, as a matter of fact. And some of the stuff you saw had been heavily edited by yes. the government to portray a picture of the people that went into the Capitol as being insurrectionist. Of course, we know there was no insurrection. It would have been a stupid thing to have an organized insurrection and nobody had a gun. Uh, I mean, come on now. So <laughs> we know, yeah. but now we're seeing what we've known all along. How do you think this well, thing know, is going to uh, go? How do you think it's going to go? Yeah. Well, let's let's go to the videotape, as they used to say in sports, right? Uh, the the bottom line is that the three major segments that Tucker concentrated on last night is just a fraction of what is available. I've seen better, uh, and I hope that he gets to it. Um, but I, as you can imagine, 
last night, my phone, my messages, all of my DMs, as the kids call it today, were, you know, just filling up and ringing off the wall and, and people wanting to know my thoughts on Tucker's revelations last night. And I have consistently told everyone that I think that the most significant moment of all, and Tucker did a fantastic job driving this point home, is the actual video of the Senator, Senator Josh Halley moment where he's running you know, through a hallway there and the, the, the CCTV catches him in full sprint. Well, when they presented that video to the uh, House Select Committee, Pelosi's version of the House Select Committee, then everybody in the entire room laughed. I don't know if you remember that or not. They chuckled. And actually, uh, Tucker showed that last night, that the yeah. room was laughing yeah. at, you know, lanky, tall Josh Halley, you know, sprinting through the Capitol as if he was running scared from something. When in reality, what happened in that particular event was, is he was on the trailing line of dozens of Congress members running that direction as they were being directed in, in that, uh, along that escape route, which by the way, had been secured for them by who is going to be featured on Tucker's show tonight. We can get into that in a moment because that's uh, something that I was involved with, with, Tuck, with Tucker's producers. But the point being is, is that escape plan, that escape route was the one that was designed for them to get out for Congress members and, and senators to get out. And he was simply, joining the rest of them, but that because they selectively edited that one clip of only him, it looks like he's a scared little boy running for his life. Um, you know, big, bad Republican, but he's really just scared of his own people coming into the building. That's the way they presented it uh, for, for months and months and months. And then the, as I said, they played it in the committee itself on national television, highly edited for, uh, you know, Hollywood produced two hour, you know, film special of the January 6th riots uh, that they were uh, allegedly presenting the facts to the American people. And it was just a, um, it literally was that it was, it was actually a Hollywood production. And so when we saw it all there, everybody snickered about it. And then Josh Halley became an internet meme for months as a result of that uh, little video clip. But if you remember, and I think I've mentioned this on, on, on the air here with you a couple of times before. After January 6th, I developed a new life axiom. And my new life axiom is I'll never again trust anything that I don't see with my own eyes. And the reason I say that is because after January 6th, when I went home and then started doing the frame-by-frame -frame consulting of my own videotape, I'm like, wow, what is that? And video itself has caused me to change my mind on many specific aspects about January 6th. Uh, I've flip-flopped 180 degrees on more than one uh, subject or topic of, related to J6. And so that's a result of getting new video evidence. But now I, I have to basically alter my, my axiom to say that, you know, <laughs> yeah, consult the videotape, but then you got to find out what was before the segment you saw, what was after the segment you saw, because the way the video is edited shapes what people perceive to be the truth or not. And that's a perfect example. And then what Tucker did so well with it is he brutally called out the January 6th committee for being purveyors of lies and disinformation in the process of this over and over and over again. 
in the 30, 40 uh, uh, or so minutes that he dedicated to this video last night on his program, he called them flat out for what they are. They're liars. And I got to tell you, Dan, after I, I, and when we, when we teased the opening here at the beginning of your show today, and I, when I said I've been up all night, I, I, I have because I couldn't go to sleep after watching his segment last night because I've never felt so vindicated in my life, as you know, in my own stories, my own reporting about the House Select Committee and about so much more that the government has rolled out in these trials, the Department of Justice, the judges. I have been personal first-hand witness, not second-hand, not, you know, reading it on Twitter or Facebook or, or you know, a Reddit, uh, you know, thread or something like that. I have been there and I have witnessed the lies with my own eyes, my own ears and in person. And I have reported on them on the spot in the moment when they were taking place. And, and to have Tucker so artfully and brutally bring this to the Americans attention. I, I felt, I, I mean, I, I just did. I felt vindicated last night. What we've been watching for three years now and hearing has been just one thing, symbolism over substance. And we're going to take a, yes. a quick break here on the other side of this break. I want to get your opinion on, is there any substance? And if not, what the heck and what purpose are those on the left doing this and have been doing it for three years? You think about that, and we'll be back in two minutes, and Steve Baker's going to give us the facts. How hard is it to unlock your car? Not hard. How hard is it to shut your car door? Not hard. How hard is it to start your car? Not hard. How hard is it to put your seatbelt on? People are still dying in car accidents because they were not wearing a seatbelt, which is stupid because it's not that hard. Smarten up, buckle up. Think road safety, a message from the government of South Australia. Biggie bag, huh? It's new from Wendy's. It's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink. And the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It really is everything I ever wanted. Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's Biggie Bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really? Des Moines HelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie, hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Dave's, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by the sad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. The Truth and Dan Newman goes together like beans and rice, brats and kraut, you and the future. 
TNN, the Truth News Network. By the way, before we get back into it with Steve Baker, let me tell you, as Tucker Carlson releases the video from January 6th, it's going to be on every day, I'm pretty sure. We will play that video in full in our TNN Live download at our website each day, right after this show. This show will be put, or this chapter will be available for you to listen to or download at truthnewsnet.org, truthnewsnet.org. And we are going to, as a matter of fact, today, you will be able, you heard the audio of that Tucker Carlson video that went up last night. You're going to be able to see it, no cost. You'll just go to truthnewsnet.org and you'll be able to see it there. Back with Steve Baker. Steve, you've had um, two and a half, three minutes to analyze it. Where, (laughs) oh, where do you think this is going? What is going to happen? Is anything, any accountability whatsoever going to be meted out to the wrongdoers, the real wrongdoers? And as you've told us again and again, there were some really bad people in Washington, D.C. that day. And a lot of people that need to pay for their actions. Of course, caught up in it at all, or a bunch of people that were just there because somebody waved them into the Capitol. And many of those have already been prosecuted and have had to cut deals with the government to keep from going to jail, even if they would go to jail. What do you think is going to happen on the other side of this? Well, your, your setup there <laughs> could, could take three hours to answer. Uh, and, and, and you only have, you only have, about, you only have about 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, thanks a lot. So, for that. so do it. Do a three-hour show in in ten minutes. I'm going to process all of this right now and pull out the best stuff as, as I can. But the 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 reality is is that what we're seeing right now, because your first question is what what will be done? Will there be uh, will there be a fix? You know, you know, is somebody going to ride in on their white horse and their white you know cowboy hat and make all of this right? I don't know because right now the left is in defense mode. They're in panic mode. Uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to watch. I mean, even Senator Chuck Schumer is you know standing before the cameras this morning on the Senate floor condemning Tucker Carlson's release of these tapes. And I haven't been able to watch or listen to what Schumer is saying yet. I'm just seeing it, you know, in the background. But the point being is is that is that I spent most of the night last night reading and seeing the reaction that was happening from the other side of the press, which is something that I want to do on a daily basis anyway. And, and because I've developed relationships with some of these guys, in fact, the, the, before the, before the Tucker video even came out yesterday, uh, Ryan Riley from uh, NBC news called me and we had about an hour conversation yesterday afternoon. 99% of that was off the record. So I can't talk about it there, but the point being is, is that these, the reason why these guys have any interest in little old me at all is they know that I've been in the middle of this thing. And they also know that I've seen things they haven't seen themselves, despite the power and the size of their news organizations, because I've worked directly with some of these defense teams and have signed the necessary legal documents to be privy to some of this information. They like calling me and kind of getting my feel for what's going on. But I will tell you this, Dan, is that there is so much work to be done to undo 
all of the damage of the disinformation that has been put out by the mainstream press and by the Democratic Party, uh, by those on the left who I believe set up January 6th to be what it ultimately came up to be uh, uh, as it uh, eventually unfolded. But so pervasive is the the disinformation, and, and there, you know, there's a difference between misinformation and disinformation. Misinformation is easy to define because it's basically a mistake. You say something that it got wrong, right? But disinformation is something you did on said on purpose to deceive. Disinformation to deceive the American public. And so pervasive has the disinformation been for the last two years uh, that I can't give you a better example than this. On the first anniversary of January 6th, I was in D.C. for the full week of all of the festivities and the the, uh, commemorative events that Nancy Pelosi set up. And I was interviewed by Russian television, French television, Newsmax, uh, British television. But the Good Morning Britain reporter revealed to me how successfully the mind-altering brainwashing had been done on the public when she said in the opening of her piece before she introduced me, she was standing in the very Capitol hallway inside where right in front of that very first window that was breached at 2.13 p.m. on Wednesday, January 6, 2021. She's standing there with her microphone and in all of her drama, and she says, and I quote, it's pretty much back to normal. You can no longer see the bullet holes. That's what she. That was what the Good Morning Britain reporter said before she introduces me. The only bullet and holes that, that could have, the only bullet holes that it could been there were the ones that uh, pierced Ashley Babbitt's neck and maybe went into the wall. That was done by a Capitol policeman. There were no that in a guns. Complete, in a completely no different there. part of the building. Yeah, right. In a completely different part of the the other side of the building, as a matter of fact. And the point being is so successful has been this dissemination of dis- purposeful disinformation that even last night, Dan, in my Twitter feed, I read from somebody on the other side of the aisle who said, and I quote, dozens of police officers were killed that day. How, how did they even come up with this? Well, it's real simple. It doesn't matter. Symbolism over substance. It's not about what really happened. It's how we can portray it so we can use it against people who we don't like. Let me ask you this. There is one person who hadn't been active in any of this. And I personally think, when I ask you where this is going, here's my opinion, and I'll let you uh, uh, pontificate for a few moments on your opinion as it pertains to mine. But I think, and I feel strongly, even now, as more and more evidence comes out, the whole purpose was to keep Donald Trump from ever being able to participate in any office in the federal government. They were so, and still are so, in my opinion, petrified about Trump policies being back in the White House about, you know, doing the nasty thing, enforcing laws and holding people accountable for things that they do 
and things that they don't do. Now, why do I feel that way? Because I can't come up with any other reason other than that's a a fly in the ointment of the overall push to give, finally, the federal government total control of everything. And Donald Trump is the Grinch in that whole process. And he just comes out and calls a spade a spade. That's not acceptable in Washington, D.C. And so they've got to stop it before they lose their control. Your thoughts? January 6th had three goals. Uh, And when I say three goals for January 6th, and I say this by those who, in fact, manipulated the events to occur as they eventually unfolded. The first goal you stated already. Yes, they already had defeated him in however you feel about the election in uh, November 2020, just a few months before. So that that defeat had already taken place. There had already been an impeachment process. They wanted another one, and they successfully managed and engineered that into place, too, because, as you said, they did not want him on a national political stage ever again. They wanted to take away his legal right to do so, and they thought that they could accomplish that with either an impeachment or with these subsequent subsequent indictments that they hope to eventually bring against him to keep him from out of this coming 2024 election cycle. That's goal number one. Goal number two was Nancy Pelosi's stated over and over and over again, and I quote, I don't even have to look at this, I don't have to read it, I have this burned into my brain. The week of the first anniversary of that event, when she started the the process of beginning to announce the, the House Select Committee and all of the things that were going to take place in the investigation, she said, and I quote, we must establish and preserve the narrative of January 6th. Listen to what she said one more time. Our goal is to establish and preserve the narrative of January 6th. First goal was to establish the narrative and then preserve it. And and that is the first thing that I wrote, Dan, in my initial uh, long, long, long uh, articles that I wrote about January 6th was I said that never had there ever been in the history of this republic a more successful capturing of the narrative, which was able to paint literally half of the entire nation. Half of the nation was able to be successfully tarnished, painted, and and tagged as domestic terrorists, extremists, white nationalists, racists, homophobes, bigots, blah, 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 all because of January 6th. If ever they got that label to stick harder than they ever had before, it was as a result of that day. But then the third goal, and not many people talk about this except yours truly, is the third goal of that day was, and the reason why I have focused so much on the Capitol Police is because I was there looking them in the eyes. I saw the fear. I saw the terror in their eyes. I knew in my gut, I knew that day that they were set up, that this They did not know this was coming. And I also believed, and I wrote this in uh, February 24th on my blog that I published on February 24th, just six weeks after that day, I said that I believed that when those Capitol Police were set up for the fall as sacrificial pawns, that the powers that be who manipulated this event into existence believed that these MAGA guys were going to show up fully armed, concealed carry or whatever, 
and that there was going to be a, uh, a shootout at the OK Corral and that as a result of some law enforcement officers being sacrificed on the altar of progressive liberalism, that that would have been the end of the Second Amendment in this country had that taken place. And we are so fortunate. Thank God that it did not happen that day. The only shot fired was, in fact, by a Capitol Police officer, the one that killed Ashley Babbitt. And thank God none of those rioters, none of those protesters, call them what you want to call them, use a weapon of that type against any of those law enforcement officers that day. Or I'm telling you, we would have lost the, the Second Amendment. Now, before I dive off of talking about the Capitol Police, we've got, we, we, we teased those at the beginning of your show today and said that Tucker's show tonight is going to be pretty significant because, at least significant to me, because for those that are familiar with the series that I have been writing about the Capitol Police, and thank you for publishing those uh, on your own website, is that... Tucker show tonight is in fact the story of Lieutenant Tarek Johnson, which is the story that I gave his producers. They, his producers called me uh, right after they had secured permission from uh, the speaker of the house to look at this unreleased video. And they asked me specifically, what should we be looking at? And this was the first story that I gave them. And as a result of that, they flew um, uh, Tarek down to his studios in Florida this past weekend, and they filmed the segment with him. I had no idea. Uh, Lieutenant Johnson won't even tell me, even though I'm having dinner with him in D.C. tomorrow night, he still won't tell me exactly what uh, the, <laughs> the the gist or the flow or what, what what's going to be revealed tonight as a result of that. But Tucker promoted tonight's segment really hard on his show last night, so I'm very excited to see how he rolls out and presents uh, Lieutenant Johnson, who I think was the hero of that day. Uh, and yet, as we know, the media tarnished him and presented him 180 degrees out of phase. But the uh, point being is, is I'm very excited for this uh, this man's life to hopefully be turned around now after having been uh, ruined as a result of his heroic actions on January 6th. One thought before we get your closing information for our audience to be able to get your products and uh, get them daily. I read your stuff all the time, and it's incredible. But one thought, do you think, do you think that the wrongdoers, the real wrongdoers in all of this, and we could spend another 30 minutes talking about who that would be, but do you think any of these people will ever pay for what they did that day? And subsequently, and I'm talking about portraying things on national television, a executive producer that actually put together the January 6th hearings to make a documentary out of it. And it wasn't, in many cases, it wasn't a truthful portrayal of what happened. Will there be any accountability? Dan, you know that I want accountability accountability for these lies and for the constant, constant push um, of disinformation out on the American people as a result of this event. I, and especially, and especially I want accountability um, (laughs) 
I'm, I'm sorry, I'm being interrupted right now by uh, Alan Fuhrer from the New York Times. He's he's actually messaging me. So I don't know if he's listening to us or not, because I'm not going to read his messages, but it keeps popping up on my screen. He probably is, because I announced it on Twitter that we're, we were going to be talking about this today. But I, as much as I want this accountability to, I want justice enacted, but more than anything, I want accountability to the people on a, a for those whose lives have been ruined, those those whose lives have been destroyed as a result of these uh, malicious, vindictive, and in fact false prosecutions. There are people not only sitting in prison today uh, who have not even yet uh, seen a trial uh, because uh, for over two years, so much for swift justice, a lot of that having to do with the fact that they couldn't, their defense teams couldn't get their hands on this evidence to begin with. And then in addition to that, uh, these, these others who have taken even plea deals, Dan, have had their lives ruined. I mean, simple plea deals and they've lost their livelihood. They've lost their pensions. They've lost their careers. They've lost relationships with their families uh, as a result of just being an accidental tourist, as I like to refer to those who were just caught up in the moment and walked through the, the Capitol carrying a flag and did no violence, no damage of any kind, but their lives have been destroyed as a result of this. Uh, I want, I want justice and yeah, that's going to take someone being held accountable. But your question is, will they be? I can only say that under the present current makeup of this government, they will not be. And I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, but elections matter and we still have our vote. I still have my, you know, my MacBook pro keyboard to complain and, and exercise my first amendment right related to all of these things. But I, I don't see any accountability right now. We're going to have to do something drastically as an American people to make that happen. I must be honest. I concur with that myself. And that, it just encourages people like you and me to keep exposing not just the bad, but the good. Give people the whole story. Not just pick and choose for political purposes little bits and pieces of what we want Americans to see and hear. Steve, thank you for what you do. Thank you for coming here. As you know, you're welcome anytime. Now tell our audience how to access all of the things that you're publishing. Well, in addition, as I said earlier, to thanking you for publishing and reposting many of the articles that I've written about this uh, on uh, your own website, I uh, I have my own blog. I need everybody to go over there and, and uh, sign on. You can subscribe for free at thepragmaticconstitutionalist.locals.com or if it's easier for you to remember and write down, all you have to look for is tpc4usa.com. TPC, the number four USA. And by the way, you can basically type in uh, at TPC4USA or TPC4USA 
on any Google internet search and it'll take you to everywhere. It'll at TPC for USA. It's also my Twitter handle. It's how you find my Facebook page where we have our largest following still, despite Facebook's uh, shadow banning and reach restrictions. We still are growing there. I, I don't know how, but we are. And, um, but more importantly, I think that you should join us over on, on locals, our locals community. It's free to subscribe. There is a read only uh, member. Uh, but as you know, it's expensive to do the things that we do. And, and even though every time I bring this up, somebody online, somebody on Twitter is going to call me a grifter, but you know, things cost money and I'm headed back to DC again tomorrow. And to be there just for a few days is, is incredibly expensive. And all of this is paid for out of my own pocket. I don't get, I don't get money from Fox or any other big news service, but if you can find a way or see a way to support us for as little as $5 a month in our locals community it would be very, very, very helpful. And once again, that's uh, just go to TPC for USA.com. It'll take you right to the sign up page for our locals community. And that's the best way to find uh, and follow what we're doing. Dan. Steve Baker, one of my heroes. Thank you again for coming here. And uh, if we don't hear or see from you before, we'll do that next Tuesday, same time. Got it. Thanks, Dan. And for those of you that are listening in and you're wanting to know how to get a hold of this show, this specific show, as I told you, every day after we do our show, within 30, 40 minutes, that show goes up at truthnewsnet.org. And just look for today's show, and it's all free. You click on it if you want to hear the show. In addition to that, we're going to put just this segment of today's show right below our segment that includes the entire show. So you'll be able to go listen to it. You'll also be able to go download it absolutely free. Thank you for being here. We've got another 23 minutes, and I've got some very important things I need to fill the 23 minutes with. You need to hear them. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a moment. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the Wacky Waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope. It's the Wacky Waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. Could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate, so you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's Dark Chocolate to the Rescue. My heroes! M&M's Dark Chocolate Candies. Available wherever fine candies are sold. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water. Vitamin water. 
regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Wow, what a day so far. Hey, listen, you may have heard about those Americans that got nabbed at just across the southern border by Mexicans. There are four of them, and uh, we're watching it very closely. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you, the, I guess, the surface details about this and tell you why it's important to me that we get some closure. I don't understand why the American government can't make one phone call to the president of Mexico and get this thing handled. I know, I know, and this is further proof to things that I've said here, that the Mexican cartels are actually controlling the government of Mexico. What I'm talking about is one of the four Americans who went to Mexico last week, and they they say for health services, but they went there to get an inexpensive tummy tuck. One of them was shot. And they've all been kidnapped. And that person, he wasn't hit, I don't think. I think he was shot at. Anyway, identified by a family member. Zalandria Brown of Florence, South Carolina. She identified that guy as her younger brother, Zendel Brown. He's one of the four victims. Said she remains in contact with the FBI and local officials. This is like a bad dream you wish you could wake up from, she said. She was talking with the Associated Press. To see a member of your family thrown in the back of a pickup truck and dragged, it's just unbelievable. She said her brother lives in Myrtle Beach. Two of his friends went with him and a third friend who planned to visit Mexico for a tummy tuck. On Friday, four Americans went to Mexico in a white minivan, North Carolina license plates, and they crossed the border in Brownsville. I've been at that border numerous times right across the border is Matamoros. It's a big Mexican city, and a lot of people go back and forth from uh, the southern Texas border there to buy things, to eat, just go over and visit. Those Americans were thrown into a pickup, have not been seen since. Let me ask you this. Do you know how much money you and I as taxpayers, how much money we send to Mexico for support. I just had this thought. Let me just ask and see if we can find that number real quick. How much money does the U.S. US give to the Mexican government each year? And I'm going to get a number for you. And I'm going somewhere for a purpose. Just sit tight. It's thinking. It's thinking. Hello, hello, hello. Naturally, it would be slow when I'm on the air live and I'm trying to get it. I'm, I'm going to go to Google. That wasn't a Google search. How much money do we give Mexico every year? Let's look and see. U.S. provides aid, just aid, 
worth $320 million a year to Mexico. $20 million a year. $320 million a year. Now, you would think, even if that's not the only reason, you shouldn't have to even mention the fact that, hey, Mr. Mexican President, we give you $320 million a year, not to mention the fact we have car assembly plants that are down there. We have people that go down there, entertainment, travel. I love, I love to go to Mexico. I, uh, I've been to Cabo San Lucas three or four times playing golf. Uh, I took clients numerous times, fly them down to the big lakes across Mexico for bass fishing. Marianne and I. We had our honeymoon in Mexico. And so it's a great place, but you know, somebody down there has got to take over. And typically, people that are in charge of anything in government, they do it because they have power over other people and they have a lot of money. And these cartels down there, you can't even fathom how much money they have. I just got a note from a couple of people that are listening to the show live. They found those Americans, and two of them are dead. Dad gummit, this sickens me. Why do not we Americans close the southern border? I mean, close it and tell everybody, if you're coming to the United States, dad gummit, you do it legally. If you step over the border into the nation illegally, you're going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, and you're not going to be able to ever come back. Why don't we do that? Novel idea. President Biden, you swore an oath when you were sworn in back in January of 2020. You said that you would protect and defend the nation. That's you and me. That's those four Americans that legally went across the border to visit and to have a medical procedure done. Cartels grabbed them. These weren't drug dealers that were down there competing with the cartels. These were people that went to Mexico to spend their own money in Mexico. Two of them now dead. We don't know all the details, but I don't care what the details say. Nobody should lose their life for simply crossing the border and going into Matamoros. This is insane, folks. We're over here now. (laughs) We're fighting about sex identification. It's no longer about the biology that determines if you're a man or a woman. And you can't even use those pronouns. If you do, you can get blasted and you can lose your job if you're in the media if you mislabel or misgender somebody. Those are the things we're talking about. Two people dead at the hands of cartels in Mexico. Oh, that's just one of those things that happened. They should have never showed up there. And we're talking about Hershey Chocolate in Pennsylvania now using their name that has been out there for however many decades there's been Hershey chocolate. By the way, that's my favorite one. Hershey's Kisses is my favorite. And now they're concentrating on their name as Her-She. 
We had a doctor on our show two and a half years ago that is a biological doctor, that is somebody that works with people that have sex organ problems. And you know exactly what I mean. When she came on the show, she made one statement that she almost lost her career over. And this is a quote. No amount of medicines, no amount of surgery is going to change a person's sex. There's biology that determines a person's sex, and it cannot be changed. It's called chromosomes, and they are what they are. Why do we live in a world today where facts no longer matter? Substance no longer matters. Truth no longer matters. All of those things I just mentioned, every bit of them, is determined solely by what the people in charge in government, in entertainment, in media, determine those things to be. And that permeates our lives now. Our generation that's currently 10, 12 years old and younger, those people are building a platform for their life based upon the non-facts that is being blasted into their minds every day through media, through teachers in schools that are supposed to be teaching our children giving them facts, giving them factual history, teaching them math, teaching them language. Instead, our public education system is destroyed. There is no longer any substance to it. And who's driving that boat, the public education boat? It's the unions. And the unions do what they do now, not what they were doing when they were established and legally put in place years ago. They were established to protect employees of corporations in the workplace to make sure working conditions were good, make sure people were paid appropriately, make sure they got good benefits, health care, things like that, time off. But now, labor unions are the biggest purveyors of dollars and cents in politics, and they're buying candidates, just like every other pontificator, trying to get legislation passed, trying to get power over people in Washington, D.C. Am I angry? Heck yeah, I'm angry. No, I'm not. I'm mad. No, I'm not just mad. I'm PO'd. I'm not going to use the term, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is the United States of America. I just came back from 10 days in Israel where people still in Israel look to the United States for truth, for answers, and they they try to in many ways imitate what happens here in the United States. Why? Because for most people around the globe, this nation is still the greatest nation that's ever existed. I no longer feel that way. 
And I'm sad to say that. Why don't I feel that it is? Because substantively, it's not. Let me just say this. One of the biggest things that I came away from when I went to Israel is that God is no longer in charge of the lives of Americans. God, if he's ever mentioned, and I said he, and I get blasted for saying that, how do you know God's not a female? Well, how do you know God doesn't have a, a, a sexual identity? Come on now. Is your life in a place where that's what you're going to let consume your conscience and your time and what you obsess about? Are you really going to do that? What do you think the outcome of doing that is going to be down the road? When Noah floated the boat and the ark and saved his family and two of every species of animal, at the end of that time, if you remember, God met Noah on the top of the mountain and God was looking at what happened and he made some promises to Noah that he promised for Noah and everybody that followed Noah. As long as earth exists, these things will never change. There will always be light and dark. There will always be hot and cold. There will always be reap and sow. And there will always be winter and summer. Now let's go back to the one thing of those four. There's only one thing in the four that you and I can have any control over. What is that? Reap and sow, seed time and harvest. What does that mean? We'll be able to, as long as earth exists, we'll be able to plant something, nurture it, and then take advantage of the fruit that it produces. Well, it's not just the good, the fun, the things that we want when we plant that come out. Why? Sometimes we plant the wrong things. But God told Noah that everything we plant in the ground will come out, and it won't be what somebody thinks it should be or makes up what it's going to be. If you plant Watermelon seeds, watermelons are going to grow. When you plant lies, guess what you're going to get back? Lies every time. When you cheat, what are you going to get back? You're going to get cheating back. We reap what we sow. That's gone from our government. Now, there are a handful of people that are still believing in righteousness and believe in that concept but there aren't many there. For that reason, you and I need to every day find a moment to pray for all of those in authority over us as we were told to by the Bible. Not the ones we just agree with, but all of them, everybody, needs to have a relationship with God and do the right thing every time. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for coming every day. We do this Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central Time. And you can pick up any of these shows, TNN 
live with an exclamation point. If you go to any one of your podcast hosting sites, just put that in your search bar and it pops up. You can make available for you to download any and every show that we've done for the last couple of years. Until tomorrow, folks, have a great one. Oh, no. Oh, a good song to leave the show today. We love you. Thank you for being here at TNN Live. Have a good one.
your roses in bloom A light hits the gloom On the earth 